Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial. Good morning and uh, welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio. This is Patrick Donahoe. We are broadcasting live from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is episode 120. And today we have the delight to have Tom Dyson on the show. Uh, Tom is the editor of the Palm Beach Research Group. Uh, I actually had him back in, uh, had him on the show back in two, beginning of 2012, believe it or not, and uh, and a lot has transpired since uh, since that time. And so Tom has a very interesting theory on the future of the U.S. dollar, and you are not going to want to miss this conversation. Now, looking at Tom and his his point of view and perspective in regards to finance. The reason why I like it so much is he always takes the, not I wouldn't say 100% of the time, but more often than not, he takes the contrarian stance. And I think that's interesting because oftentimes we look at the predominant theory, the predominant stance, and uh, and it's not always right. And you can really even argue that it's rare, rarely right. But in the end, you look at why uh, a stance or an opinion or a perspective becomes commonplace. And and I don't, I don't know the mechanics behind it, but... My experience has shown me that oftentimes individuals rely on the perspective and experience of others and essentially the trust that they have in that specific person to determine what their bias or their theory or their perspective is. And I don't think this is healthy. Um, one of the most valuable assets that we have is our brain. It's our, it's our mind. It's our ability to think. It's our, our ability to rationalize, process data, and come to our own conclusions. And oftentimes we, we really get caught up in what other people think, what other people feel, what other people believe, and and we just cling to that as if it was our own. And I think this is the shortcut, it's the easy way of doing things, but in the end it's destructive because it uh, it diminishes the uh, the value that our brain and our ability to rationalize uh, uh, really is. So that's why I love Tom, because Tom often takes the uh, the contrarian approach, he goes uh, goes against the grain. And so what I, would, uh, what I would tell you is, you know, put your other opinions to the side, put your other perspectives to the side, and really think about what he's saying and how important that information is to you. Now, he's going to get into probably some terminology about, you know, currency and the forex markets and the dollar versus uh, other currencies and how exchange trading takes place um, and uh, and just trade in general, international trade and, you know, why one country will want their currency more valuable or less valuable depending on, you know, net imports or net exports. So he's going to get into a lot of that, but what I want you to, to take away is just a couple things. Number one, really think about his opinion if you understand what he's saying. And number two, uh, so far, let me back up. So uh, look at his opinion and see if it contradicts, it aligns with yours. And, and then figure out if there are two opposing views, how are you really going to get to the truth? Because in the end, we're all human beings. Even though that we have this you know, billion dollar brain, uh, it is, it's flawed. We make mistakes. We don't know everything. Um, our conscious mind is, you know, only uh, 10% of, uh, of our brain capacity and the rest is all, all subconscious. So there's only so many things that we can think about uh, at any given time and it's often clouded. And that being the case, it's, it, you know, some people are smarter than others and maybe have a little bit more brain capacity than, the other, than others. 
But in the end, we all make mistakes, we all make flaws. And so that is indicative of a paradigm or a perspective as well. So don't just think that because a person has accolades or letters after their name or experience that uh, that their opinion is going to um, always be accurate. So when you look at, uh, listen to Tom and his opinion, see 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 what uh, if there is any contradiction and hopefully there is, because oftentimes contradiction really allows you to refine your belief system and see what's true and see what's not. And that is what I believe, you know, one of the uh, the, the principles that we all should grasp, grasp is just self-reliance as far as what we do believe and not discrediting people, but having an open mind, because in the end, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, it's all going to allow us to have a clear focus on what our goals are, uh, what our objectives are and what the outside world has to do with it. Because in the end, this is the second part of what I want you to take is, you know, we, we live in an economy where, where currency is, uh, is measuring everything. It measures our time. It measures our, our value uh, to the world. Right. So so knowing about currency and knowing about, you know, the dollar and how um, how its value is determined, it does affect you. So these are these are uh, topics that they may seem uh, monotonous to those that don't necessarily have much experience in finance. But in the end, it's all relevant to uh, both uh, how you're paid uh, what you're paid, how you get a raise, what you maybe think is a raise, but really is not a raise because of inflation potentially. Uh, when you hear headlines about Janet Yellen and interest rates and why low is good or bad or what or, or why high is good or bad, uh, when you hear about hyperinflation or inflation or quantitative easing, even though these topics seem very difficult to understand, in the end, they are relevant to really anybody that lives in modern society. And so knowing that is going to help you to behave different. And that behavior is going to produce different results in your life. So that's what I would encourage you to do as you listen to Tom, is really step back and have an open mind and try to refine your paradigm, try to refine your perspective, and hopefully uh, put yourself in the position to be more successful with your investing, be more successful with your financial management, uh, and also in your profession. Uh, because in the end, our uh, our lives, I don't think, have caps. Our potential doesn't have caps. Our employment doesn't have caps. There's always more that we can do. And that's just the nature of a human being. We're always trying to perfect. We're always trying to make things more efficient. And typically, we're able to do that when we have more knowledge, we have more wisdom, and that comes from just taking the uh, initiative to educate yourself and taking the initiative to really uh, desire for yourself a, a financial well-being. Because I think that is something that all individuals do desire is to get to a point where uh, money is not a negative topic. It's not a topic based on fear. Uh, and, and I don't think there are very many people there. Uh, in that in that space, but I do believe, just based on a lot of the opportunities that our society is creating for us, that there's more opportunities now than ever for those that are aware and for those that have their proverbial uh, eyes open. Um, so, with that being said, I'm going to uh, get into this very exciting interview, and uh, I hope you like it. It's uh, it's a pleasure to uh, welcome on the uh, the show today, uh, Tom Dyson of the Palm Beach Research Group. Tom, how's it going this morning? Going very well, thanks, Patrick. You're you're a good friend, and I'm happy to be talking to you. Yeah, this is this is one of those one of those uh, those podcasts and episodes that uh, that I've uh, kind of not lost some sleep, but uh, in anticipation and excitement, uh, you know, didn't didn't get much sleep last night just because I'm I'm kind of excited oh. to talk about this this topic <laughs> this topic, especially with you. So before uh, you now, I was looking back, Tom, and you were on the show in uh, the first part of 2012. Do you believe it's been that long? 
13, 14. Wow, that's three years ago. Isn't that crazy? Three years ago. Almost, yeah. So, so you, uh, so for, we'll put a link to that, uh, to that episode on there, which is kind of right around the time where we, where we met each other. But let me just introduce you to, uh, to the audience. So they know who, uh, who's speaking. Um, so, so Tom, you, you, uh, launched the Palm Beach Research Group with Mark Ford, uh, in 2011. And, uh, you currently have a, a ton of subscribers. I think you're over, over 75,000, uh, subscribers. And, uh, you, you guys have had the intention with starting the, the newsletter of how to kind of have a, a, a holistic approach to, uh, to finance, um, and oftentimes take, you know, the contrarian view, which we're going to talk about, uh, this morning. Uh, but some of the things that you guys have put out over the last several years has just been, uh, it's, it's such a pleasure, a pleasure to read. And so I would recommend that, uh, anybody that is slightly intrigued by, uh, this interview, go check out the Palm Beach Research Group. Uh, their website is palmbeachgroup.com. Uh, uh, and then Tom, you had a, you had a background in finance and, uh, and also worked for, uh, some, some key, uh, investment banks. Um, but why don't you maybe just briefly give a, a, a short background and then we can get into the topic that, uh, that I'm excited to talk about today. Which is essentially, okay. you know, the the U.S. economy, uh, the the current our our current currency, and how that uh, plays into kind of the world, the ever evolving uh, world uh, world economy. So yeah, why don't you just start with a, a brief uh, just okay. introduction about yourself? There's really only two things you need to know about me. Everything else is is mental fluff. Um, first of all, um, I'm I'm a complete contrarian. I'm. I love unconventional ideas. I can't stand establishment thinking. I'm always thinking of ways of doing things differently than happens in the mainstream. It's just my personality. I've always been this way. And, um, and so it's in all areas of my life. Uh, I, I'm always looking for better ways of doing things. I, I think that typically... Um, there are a lot of ways that that most people do things that are passed down because it, they want they want us to conform to society, and there's reasons for that. And um, those things aren't always the best way. So that's number one. Number two is I love money, investing, finance. I've loved this stuff ever since I was 11 years old, and I just I just can't get enough of it. I, I'm just I just love it, and so. Um, yes, I've worked for investment banks, trading floors. I've managed money. I've, I've done a lot of trading myself. I've written newsletters. I've helped other people write newsletters, blah, 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 blah. But it's, um, yeah, that's, as I said, mental floss. Yeah. And I, and I think you're, you're, uh, you're, you're downplaying it for sure. Cause I know that this is, it's something that you love. It's something that you study all the time and you, in, you know, you surround yourself by, People you can have these types of conversations with to really understand it at a at a deeper at a deeper level. Um, but today, yep. you know, this this topic is something that you have been very active, um, you know, based on just some of your most recent uh, uh, writings and videos and uh, and posting. Okay, so let me let me cut you off so you don't spoil the surprise. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is going on right now is the single most important trend in finance in my lifetime. And I don't say that life lightly, like the trend of lower interest rates has been going since 1980 and it's, it's still kind of intact. Gold had a, a huge bull market starting in, in 2001. 
Um, there was a big trend in, in technology stocks that in, in the mid to late 90s. These are all important trends. But the trend I'm talking about now is more important than any of these. It, it is literally the most important trend of my lifetime so far. And I want people to understand what this trend is. I, I want them to understand why it's in process and what it means for, for them. And there's frankly a lot of opportunity and there's also a lot of a lot of danger if you don't understand it. So, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And um, uh, are you interested? Do you want to keep going? Let's, no, let's go, let's go. I mean, this is you know, it, it, we our our society is evolving so quickly, and there's so much information out there, and it's sometimes hard to really you know see through the minutia and figure out you know what what's the truth and what what is right and. And I often say, you know, there's always multiple opinions, right? There's one side of the coin, yeah. there's another side of the coin, then you have the edge that allows you to, uh, you know, to discern what, what's, re- what's real. And I know that you feel, you feel the same way. And like you said, you're contrarian just because okay. oftentimes yeah. the mainstream has an agenda, right? So, so now in our, in our society, I mean, there's all sorts of, um, you know, news headlines that bombard us e- each day. But what are what are maybe some of the mainstream views that you're talking about in regards to the contrarian stance that you have recently taken? Okay. Well, look, it's um, what I'm talking about is the currency markets. Now, that probably sounds very technical. Um, I don't even know if if most people out there realize there is a market for currency or what currency means. Basically, all the countries around the world, they all have their own type of money. And here in America, we use the dollar. In, in England, in Britain, we use the pound, the euro, the yen, etc. So um, the currency markets, they may not impact most, or most people think that they don't need to know or have any interest in, in the currency markets. They, you live in America, you use dollars, you don't really care if the the dollar is going up or going down against some other foreign con- currency, unless you travel, you know, maybe then then you might mind. But for the most part, I don't think most people care or have any interest in currency markets. It sounds technical. So I want to I want to posit that that is um, is a very naive way of looking at things because every time you make a transaction, every time you purchase something in Walmart, every time you fill up your tank with gas every time you buy a loaf of bread what you're actually doing in a very small but but significant way is you are you are affecting the value of the US dollar against other currencies across the world and and so are all the people in those foreign currencies so in a way you are part of this market whether you like it or realize it or not and um, and the thing about the currency market is because it is the very fabric of everyday life for everyone, it is an enormous market. I don't think people realize this, but the currency market is, I don't even have the, the statistic in front of me, but I believe it's, it's approximately 50 times larger than the stock market. And it's, it's absolutely huge. It's measured in trillions in volume on a daily basis. It is enormous. And, um, and so, the, the metaphor I want to give you is that it's a bit like a, a 10 speed or it's like a, a, a clock where the currency markets, due to its size, is like the big wheel on a 10 speed. And, and then it, it, it rotates. And then as it rotates, the commodity market, which is 
the the next largest or the bond market that's like a slightly smaller cog that's turning with the currency markets and then you've got the stock markets and a little smaller cog there that, that turns as well and then finally you've got like the options markets to say or the futures markets which is the little cog and it's spinning really fast so that's how all these markets link together but it all starts with currencies that they are the fabric of society and and the thing about them is they're like an oil tanker. It's such a huge market that these, that the trends that play out in the currency market tend to be very big, slow-moving, long-term trends. It's like an oil tanker versus a speedboat or a rubber dinghy or something. And so um, what happens is once the trends begin in motion, they tend to stay in motion. And of course, Patrick, what's the most important currency of all? Well, it's the it's the dollar. I would. It's I would, the dollar. Yeah. yeah, the dollar is eighty-seven percent of all currency transactions involve the dollar. Wow. So it's the dollar is the global currency. So basically, what I'm saying is, if you can figure out what the trend is in the dollar, that puts you in a very powerful position. Firstly, because once that trend is in place, it tends to stay in place, and secondly, because it then impacts everything else, every other market, every stock, every bond, every transaction, every price in Walmart, every cost, the cost to fill up your, your car with gas, it all is affected and, and, and you can actually predict based on what you know about the dollar. And so that's why I started telling you that the most important trend right now in my lifetime is a trend that is starting in the US dollar. And I don't know if many people realize this, but, but the dollar has only been freely floating since the early 70s when Nixon cut the link to gold forever. He permanently, at that point, the dollar became a, float, a floating abstract idea. A, flexi- a flexible currency. It's a, it's a, it was what we call the, the beginning of the fiat money system, mm-hmm. where there is no value to money. It's just based on nothing. Basically, there is no tie. Anyway, that's irrelevant. The, the point I'm making is that since that, since that moment, the dollar has, has had two very large bull markets and two very large bear markets. And that's it. That's in 40 years. See what I mean about these trends lasting a very long time? Well, um, the most recent trend of the dollar was a, it was a trend that started in about the year 2000 and and ended in 2008 and this was a uh, a trend in the in the foreign currency markets that that saw the dollar go down against most other currencies hmm. and against gold and against commodities and against stocks and and generally against pretty much everything the dollar went down and um and what i'm telling you now is that in 2008 um that trend changed and the dollar started going up now most people didn't didn't notice it, and, and I knew that that trend was going to change. I just didn't know when it was going to happen, and I certainly didn't know in 2008 that that point marked the bottom. And you can't ever tell these things until until you've got some confirmation, until you've got some proof that the trend has changed. So what? So um, what? Ca- so Tom, what? Ca- what caused? What caused this shift? I mean, obviously in 2008 you had you know the collapse of the credit markets. You had. Um, you know, uh, uh, stock markets to decline, but from a current, from a currency standpoint, what, what shifted? Was it the, was it the, the start of some aggressive monetary policy as a, no, no, okay. no, 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 
um, basically, it's like asking, um, it's like pouring sand into a pile and then asking what caused the landslide. So um, there is, there, it doesn't matter actually what caused it. It's um, the way markets work is people buy and buy and buy and buy until suddenly someone starts selling and then everyone else starts selling too. It's like you're watching a flock of birds and then one bird just ever so slightly changes its direction and, and everybody else the whole flock changes. So it doesn't actually matter why. The, the why is, is not important. All that, that matters is that it happened. Um, what happened was um, basically the Federal Reserve has been manipulating interest rates and has been manipulating the market for years, but especially in earnest since the year 2000, after uh, the, the technology stock market, the economy went into a recession, there were some scandals, there was, 2000, there was 9-11, the, um, the Federal Reserve basically started tinkering big time. And what they did was they, they, they pushed down, they basically stimulated borrowing. They wanted people to lend money and they wanted people to borrow money. Because when you borrow money, you, you, you do economic activity. You don't just borrow money for no reason. You, you borrow it because you, you want to build a factory. You, and you, you borrow it to spend. You want to buy stuff or yep. to spend. You, know, you do stuff with it. And that creates economic activity and then it gets you out of the recession. So that's what the Fed did and that's what happened. And then it all worked fine. And then it happened again in 2008. More... We've got to get the economy going, we've got to stimulate, we're going to make people borrow, and, and, and so forth. And what was actually happening, most people don't realize this, was that, that that was causing the dollar to fall. Because people were basically, people were taking dollars, they were borrowing them, and then they were exchanging those dollars for other currencies, or for factories, or for coal mines, or for cars, or for toys, or for gadgets, whatever. Effectively, what that's happening is it's a short trade, it's a short position on the dollar. They're selling dollars to buy other stuff. They're forcing the price of the dollar to go down. So I knew that this was all artificially manipulated by the Federal Reserve. I knew that it had to reverse. It's just like, um, you know, in these stocks sometimes when they, when they have bad news and they're, 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 they're having all sorts of problems, the short sellers come in and they sell, they sell, 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 and yep. the stock goes down, down, down. And then it reaches a point where suddenly it must spring back. You know, the, the one little bird changes its direction and the whole flock suddenly does a complete 180 and boom, it just... I knew that there was going to be a short a short covering rally in the dollar at some point and the dollar would have to it, 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 it was unsustainable it was, an, it was a, um, an artificially suppressed market of the dollar just being pushed down and down and down by the Fed encouraging this, this basically big short trade in the dollar. I didn't know when it was going to happen though, although I, I had a pretty good idea based on you know, my, my spidey senses of contrarianism that, <laughs> that, that come um, 2008, 2009, I could just feel that no one had, um, it, it, cash was like the, the most hated asset in the world. No one wanted to save money. No one wanted to hold cash. Everyone wanted to do something with their cash, whether it was buy a house or invest or do, it just, it, and so I just thought, well, if everyone hates cash so much, cash is probably going to do well. So I, I had the sense that, that the timing was getting close. And um, but, this, but Tom, Tom, so so, but at the same time, so during because I because I agree with you, but also if you really if you look at the 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 reasoning behind why monetary policy went that direction is because the the Fed and the government wanted the same thing, right? I mean, they were trying to get people more money so that they can spend. 
but people didn't do that, right? The, the, they were punishing people. They were punishing people who wanted to save. Exactly. And, um, and they were encouraging people to spend. And no, that's, that's not what happens. That's never what happens, actually. Is, is typically what the government wants you to do is the opposite of what actually happens. What actually happens, happens is the opposite. <laughs> the, so, so, um, but, but somehow, actually, they did ultimately get somewhat half-heartedly the market to at least, you know, they, they, they got people spending on stocks at least. You know, they got the market to, to get jimmied up again. They, mm-hmm. they got, um, you know, they, they kind of got the economy going a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a complete, you know, they, they got things, they, they got it sputtering again, mm-hmm. I think. And, um, but here's what's very interesting. The dollar did bottom in 2008 and then in 2009. Do you, do you remember in 2009 and 2010, everyone was talking about inflation, quantitative easing, hyperinflation, hyperinflation, yep. hyperinflation. Gold was shooting through the roof. Yep. I think it reached $2,000. Silver went to 50 in yep. 2011. Like it was just like, oh my God, the dollar is gonna is. I almost swore then the dollar is gonna <laughs> be um, is gonna go to to nothing basically. Yeah. Well, guess what I noticed. That's not exactly what happened in the chart. If you look, what happened in the chart? The dollar did fall, but it never went lower than that point it made in 2008. It stayed above that, and then it went made a new high. So, despite all this, all this like obvious reasons why the dollar would would basically go to zero, it didn't. It actually showed a lot of strength, and so that to me was confirmation that that my my spidey sense, and I knew this this short term this short covering rally was going to start, and this to me was this, the sign of it. So so at that point. Um, you know, I could, I could, as I'm talking about the gearing thing, I knew that silver and gold were going to fall. Mm. I knew it. Interesting. And I also knew that um, the, the, the dollar was going to continue to strengthen. And um, so that's, that's that part of that gearing thing. Now I knew that that gear, the big gear was turning. I knew what the smaller gears were going to turn and, and what was going to happen. And, um, and personally, I started taking big positions on the dollar against other foreign currencies. Um, to, to play this. And now, fast forward six years since 2008, and everything that I, that I was seeing, that I was thinking, has been completely validated. If you look at a chart of the dollar, over the last year, it is, it is soared. Yep. And, and you can take, you can throw a dart at, at a map of the world, and almost every currency has had significant declines against the US dollar. Hmm. And so, um, here's, here's the thing. This trend is only just beginning. Most people still aren't even aware of this. It's six years old, but it's got a lot longer to run. In fact, it's got to unwind all the artificial suppression that went into the market for the past decade. All those interest rate manipulations, all the encouragement of the Fed to borrow and then to spend, which is all shorting the dollar, yep. it all needs to be unwound. So I think. So what, what do you mean? What do you mean by unwound? Like what's what would be an example of of you know the the markets in this manipulation being unwound? Okay, an example would be a very simple one. Would be a um, a, a trader or a speculator or an investment bank. They would have come along in in 2010. Interest rates are at zero take a really nice cheap loan out from the Fed, the dollars, the dollar, let's say the dollar's been falling a lot, let's assume that the dollar's going to keep falling. So it's really simple. We take out a nice cheap loan at virtually zero interest, we, we, we turn it into a foreign currency, and then we, um, and then we buy 
let's say we we go to China and then we we buy some uh, some Chinese apartments or something like that and okay. we start making lots of rent and that way we're making money in two ways a we're making money because the dollar it's assumed we'll keep falling against the Chinese currency. So whenever we have to convert back, we'll make money on the exchange rate. Yep. And secondly, we'll make money because the interest rate we're paying on our dollar loan is almost nothing. nothing. But the returns we're making on our investment in Chinese apartments is double digits. So mm. we're, just, we're just making, we're just printing free money. So guess what? When one person does it, along comes the next guy. Everybody and along else comes the it. next guy. No one keeps their mouth shut about these things. They're mm-hmm. never secrets. No. Now everyone's doing it. And all of a sudden, you've just got an enormous amount of people borrowing dollars, converting dollars, buying Chinese apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened? The cog was turning. The dollar started rising. Guess, guess, guess what, what happened to, to Chinese investments over the last... They've, ta- they've tanked. So. They've tanked they've over the last little bit. Because the cog turned. The currency cog turned it. and it caused the emerging market cog turned because all that money had to flush back out again. Got it. it leaves the apartment buildings. It gets converted back to dollars to pay off the loans. Got it. And so it just, it's just a reverse. It's just a reversal. It's just an unwinding of a trade. You've taken an elastic band. You've wound it really tight one way. Well, at some point... It's going to unwind again. Now, it's hard to predict when it's going to unwind, just like it's hard to predict when that, that one little starling is going to change its, its flight path and cause the whole, the whole uh, flock to change. So, but, you but, think, but you think we're in the latter stages? Because obviously this started in 2008, 2009. No, you, no, no. Are we in the latter early, stages or do we still have a, lo- a while ago? A long way to go. Okay. It's just happening. And um, it's just started happening. In fact, the, the uh, one, one maxim I always think about in the stock market is, or just in trading in general, the, the first 20% and the last 20% of any move, you don't even want to try and go, those are the hard parts. The easy one is to make is, is that middle 60% where, um, of the trend. And right now, I think the, the, uh, the first 20% is done. Now this is the, the easy time. This is the bread and butter to make this, this um, to, to start making, making moves based on this trend. And it, it's just beginning. As I said, there's, there's a whole decade or even more of unwinding to be done of, of, of this, of this sort of, uh, this, this unwinding of these trades. Oh. And it's going to cause the dollar to rise. I think, uh, uh yeah, it could be for a decade or more. So, this, so this if the dollar, okay. So, so if the, if the do, if it continues in this, in this direction, it rises, but what, what fault, what falls? Right. Foreign currencies, the currencies of of other countries fall. Everything is denominated in dollars, Patrick. It's not just currencies of foreign countries. Commodities are denominated in dollars too, so they they fall. Um, what what's uh, the what would be the impact on like the U.S. economy for like the average the average guy the average person like what's what's the impact on them? Um, you know, it's that's a big question, but in, it's my general answer: not good. Yeah. Why? Because everything is priced in U.S. dollars. So when the dollar starts rising and people start seeing it's rising, they're going to think, you know what? I think my money's better off in the in in dollars, which is the same as having it in cash, which mm-hmm. is the same as having it in the bank, which yeah. is kind of the same thing as saving it, mm-hmm. than it is having it in my. 401k or having it in my in my um, uh, investment here or my um, speculation here yeah. I'll actually be better off having it sitting in the bank and in so cash. that okay. basically leads to uh, less economic activity yeah. and and um, but that's sort of a bigger question and it's not so simple as that there's you know you, money and economics never you, you, it's, it's it's usually a bad idea to make big blanket statements that you can answer in one word, yeah. you know. So, but anyway, yeah, the dollar is. If the dollar rises, and and I think it will for a while, basically 
everything else goes down. And, and I think we see a trend towards more saving, more thrift, more, more thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. and away from, from consumption, investing, economic activity, aggressive like spending of money. I think that is the big trend. And, and um, that's all basically the same thing as saying that the dollar is going to rise. So, um, so, so, so what are your, what's your feeling? And I know this is maybe in, in the weeds a little bit, but there's been a lot of talk for the last several years about the, the power and the strength that, you know, the, the U.S. economy has and other countries don't like that. So, so there's been this call into question, which I don't necessarily agree with, but there's this call into question of, you know, the dollar being able to, uh, continue to be the, the reserve currency. Some people think that it's not always going to be the reserve currency. What are, what are your thoughts in regards to that? Well, for, for, the, for the time being, for, the, for that matters, it's, it's irrelevant. The dollar is, is the most important currency in the world, and it's, and it's going to keep rising in value, and it's going to attract more and more um, reverence. It's going to be more respected. More people are going to want it. It's the opposite of what you're really just saying. There's, yeah. that, there's that kind of idea online or that you read about a lot that no, the dollar is going to lose its world reserve status, that it's, it's going to be inflated away, that foreigners are going to stop accepting it, blah, blah, blah. Nonsense. It's the yeah. opposite of what's I, going to happen. I agree. It's the exact opposite. The dollar is going to be uh, revered. It's going to be like, um, it's going to be... Um, it's 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 going to be um, respected and desired, and 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 it's going to be seen as a safe haven. It's going to be seen as an opportunity. It's going to be it's going to be on the cover of magazines. And then and then ultimately, just when when that's when everyone's comfortable with that idea, that's when you need to be getting rid of it. You, you need to go in the other direction. <laughs> it's reserve currency status. So so again, that's what I mean when I'm ultimately a very contrarian. So um, yeah, the answer is don't worry about that for now. It's the opposite that. That's exciting. Is that the the dollar is going to gain in in significance and respectability, and and um, and uh, that's that's got a long way to go. I think. I, I think it's um, you know. I, I mean, I, I think it's going to double or even triple, and I think this could last for a decade. Jeez. Okay. So th- this is obviously a, a, a it can be a somewhat complex uh, idea. Uh, but at the same time, you, you understand the value of making things simple so that, you know, most people can understand it. And, and you write about this and you're one of the most talented writer that I've, that I've, uh, in the finance, in the financial space. And so looking at some of the things that you're going to be writing about in the coming, you know, months and years with, uh, with Palm Beach Research Group, is this going to be one of your, one of your focuses? Yeah, this is a big, huge theme. Comes back to the gearbox. You know, once you get, once you understand what that big gear is doing, you can make so many assumptions about the other gears. And so, yeah, this is, this is basically a, this is a huge theme that I'm going to be tracking and it has ramifications. There are so many little gears that are going to be spinning because of this it has ramifications everywhere, not just throughout the markets, but throughout the economy and throughout social behavior. You know, the, 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 the types of music people listen to and things like that—you wouldn't believe it. It just goes really deep, and um, and so yeah. To no, I question. love the visual of the gears. I never because because I knew I knew that the forex, the foreign currency markets was was the biggest out there, but I never looked at it in terms of, of gears. And that visual really really helped me, just because you know in the end, currency is what denominates uh, everything that has value. And, and so you have to have a market, a market for that. But yet, looking at other markets, 
you know, they're all going to be affected. Those little gears that you're talking about are going to be affected by this, um, you know, this big gear that's already in motion and already turning. So that's an amazing yeah. way to put it, Tom. Yeah, it's money. So, so yeah, I'm going to be spending my time finding opportunities for, for my readers to, to profit and benefit and, and to make sure they're safe from this trend. Um, but it's, it's a very exciting trend, actually. And, and, um, and the most exciting thing is, it's it's confirmed. Just look at a chart, and you can see. I don't know if you can put up a chart in this in this podcast, but I can put um, it on the blog. So just look at a chart, and you can see the dollar bottom in 2008. It tried to go down again in 2009, but it didn't make a new low. And then again in 2010, and then it started rising, and then recently it's it's been rocketing. So this and and if you look since since 1970. Uh, 1978, I think, is, is one trend started in 78 to 86, which was the Plaza Chord. Was it 87? I, I haven't got the, the dates right in front of me. And then, and then the dollar went into bear market from 87 down to, um, uh, sometime in the 90s and it bounced back up again in a huge bull market that, that culminated in the year 2000 and then it went down again. So we got the trend. It started. It hasn't really gone very far yet. It's, it's been sort of a slow start. And um, it's now it's getting fired up, and and um, it, this is easy money. This is this, this is what I wait for. So. <laughs> well, Tom, it's always fascinating to talk to you. And we, you know, I'm I'm thinking uh, because we we did talk about some complex issues. Maybe we uh, do a part a part two in the next uh, the next few months to see to see where we're at. But I'll I'll put some some links to some of the things that you've written written about and also just how people can learn more about the Palm Beach uh, research research group. Um, yeah, by the way, just to want to add a couple more things. Um, uh, whole life insurance from a mutual life insurance company is, is basically the best way I know of actually um, enjoying and benefiting from this trend. It's, it's perfect. And that is because it's a promise to pay dollars back in the future. And of course, if the dollar is getting stronger, then it's a nice promise to have. And also, we're getting paid in dollars through the interest and dividends we receive. And our money is safe. It's, it's, in, it's in the best type of companies that can withstand any kind of turbulence that this trend might cause. So I'm very happy with that. The other thing I just wanted to say is um, I'm, I'm using this app called Periscope. Which you can download on your smartphone, and every day I do a little, um, I do a little, uh, little blips and little videos. I've, I'm, I'm subscribed to you, so I get your notifications every day. <laughs> so, um, so I want to plug that. Tom R. Dyson is, I think you put that in username, and you can find me in Periscope if that's interesting. And yeah, we'll put that in the link. We'll put that in the blog, and also the, uh, the the podcast post as well. Tom R. Dyson. So anyway, Patrick. Um, I enjoyed that. I get fired up about this. So. No, I know. Well, it's, I know you do. It's awesome. It's awesome to see to to hear you excited and what you get what you get into. But I know that one of the things too, Tom, on your on your last point. I mean, you you also look for you know you also look for opportunities, right? And so when this chaos and you know when 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 people are looking at what's going on in the markets, they they don't really tend to act rationally. Uh, they they off, often operate in uh, in an emotional state, and that's sometimes you know what causes you know sell offs and 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 but I, but that always uh, kind of creates opportunity. I mean, look at the opportunities that existed in two thousand and nine because of some of the, the some of the downturns, some of those little gears that were spinning. 
Um, but that also, you know, in the future, as the dollar continues to rise, it's going to affect those little gears. And that also is going to present opportunities, right? Is that what you were referring to? Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to shake things up. And as a, uh, as a mover and shaker myself, an opportunity seeker, I like things when they get shaken up. That gives me an edge that I don't have when the establishment status quo gets maintained. It's very hard to get ahead when things stay the same all the time. Yep. It's when things get shaken up that you get opportunities and people who are smart take the opportunities, but it's also the people who don't know what they're doing get crushed. Get taken to the so cleaners, yep. Personally, I, I, I have very high belief, self-belief in, in my ability. So all I want is shake, things getting shaken up. That's, that's when I have my, my paydays. Awesome. Okay. Well, Tom, I'll put, uh, I'm going to put a link to Palm Beach Group in, uh, uh, in, in the blog itself. And then also a link to your Twitter and your Periscope. Cause I know that you're really active on there just so people can, can get these daily, daily updates. Cause I know you've been super consistent with those and a lot of them are very, very entertaining. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, to everyone's amazement, yeah, I'm actually doing it every day. Um, so anyway, thanks a lot, Patrick. It was a pleasure. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Bye. Okay. So as I mentioned in the beginning, that was, there was some thing you can tell that Tom is very passionate about what he does and he loves what he does. That's his expertise. It's what he studies every day. And his opinion in my, uh, there's some things that I, I maybe uh, don't understand fully. There may be some things in there that, um, you know, if we did get into a deeper argument, uh, maybe I would agree with him, but don't necessarily agree on the surface. But in the end, you can tell that he knows what he's talking about. You can tell that he's researched um, the topics. You can tell that uh, he's versed and he can argue. And that's, I think, the nature of the, the, the financial newsletter or publishing business. It's not just coming up with an idea. It's not coming up with a theory, but it's proving it. It's having background. It's, it's having evidence. It's backing up whatever you say. Because as I said in the beginning, we as human beings have an inherent flaw just because of our nature. And, and that being said, sometimes people produce their opinions and put it out there and they may in their heart believe it's the right thing. Um, but there may be a lack of information, which would, um, you know, which would definitely throw their opinion and their bias on its, uh, uh, on its tail. So that being said, looking at the publishing business, when they're out there, the way in which they determine their credibility is by coming up with things like Tom did in regards to his theory on the bull market of uh, the US dollar, but he backs it up. He has charts. He's done reports on it. And I'd love you guys to listen to him. He is, he's a, he'll crack you up on Periscope. Um, and we'll put the link in the, uh, the body of this post. And uh, I think you're going to you know, love, love his writing. And his counterpart, Mark Ford, is one of the most brilliant writers I've ever, uh, um, I've ever read. And it's, he's very inspirational, very insightful. And he has a lot of really cool things to say. He is a kind of a, I wouldn't say a self-made person, but he is um, to the point in his life where you know, he is on a mission to really help individuals understand money and wealth and their potential to, to build it regardless of the circumstances that surround them. And uh, so it's a great newsletter, uh, well worth your time to, uh, to read their daily emails. I know that they have a free version, so you don't have to pay anything, uh, but it's well worth your time to get into uh, their newsletter and uh, to educate yourself on a, uh, on a deeper level and in the end become a better, uh, better person, uh, better business owner, better entrepreneur, better investor, 
and uh, and better family man, I guess, because money really revolves around everything. As he said, it's the 10th gear, right? There's no gears past 10 and a 10 speed. It's the that understanding currency. You know, there's a lot of other gears that pertain uh, pertain to it underneath it that is spinning at the same time as the big gear. But knowing that is a lot going to allow you to uh, uh, to again take the next step in uh, whatever your objectives and goals are. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast today and uh, stick with us next time. We have a really exciting guest who he almost stands seven feet tall and uh, he's actually going to come into the office and uh, he's a, he's a hoot. He also has some amazing insight into uh, the markets and what's going on and studies it on a daily basis. And uh, so I can't wait to, uh, to interview him. So make, make sure you guys uh, listen in next week. Again, we broadcast live on Wednesday mornings. Uh, at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on the TuneIn Network. So you can just go to TuneIn.com, search the Wealth Standard Radio, and uh, it should be pulled up. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial. Thank you for listening.